0: Hey, everybody! Welcome to the Step Outside podcast. You got Birdie online here going solo once again. And we are talking all about blue swimmer crabs. Hope you're having a fantastic uh, day, night, whatever you're doing. Uh, Certainly have had a bit of a wild wild run of weather, one would say. Yeah, right across the eastern seaboard, just trough after trough after trough. Every week's a trough, bringing rain, wind, fronts, storms, everything, floods. Oh, God. Well, it's going to do justice for crabbing and fishing down the track. But I'll tell you what: if you saw today's show, it was all about catching blue summer crabs in Queensland. They are more commonly known as sandies in South Australia. They are not known as sandies, but blue summer crabs. My God, they're so look. It's the same thing for us to what you're having down there. They're blue summer crabs. That's the real name, but we call them sandies up here. I did get ridiculed by someone saying once, they're not a sandy, they're a blue swimmer. Well, for us in our backyard, we call them sandies. Anyway, crabs are crab, and they are one of the tastiest crabs on the planet. I've got to say, they're absolutely good. you got a king crab, lots of meat. you got mud crab, muddy. Spanner crab, fiddly. Lobster, well, okay, maybe that's the best one when it comes to crustacean. But nonetheless, the, uh, the blue swimmer crab is a great crab. So I'm going to talk to you guys about how to catch them. What are we going to do? Well, it's all about now because the music stopped. Here we go. Let's get into this podcast. Firstly, thank you for uh, for listening and taking the time. Uh, step outside, we showcased uh, going out with Clint Ansell from Gold Coast River Charters. Awesome bloke, knows a lot about crabs. He catches them all the time. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. No, not saying that. I'm talking about mud crabs and sand crabs. So, When we do go out targeting these particular crustaceans, there are ways to do it and little tips and tricks that will help you out. Now, every state differs, first and foremost. Every state differs from one rule to another. Rules and regulations is what we have to obviously abide by. So in Queensland, that differs tremendously to New South Wales, which is different to South Australia and Western Australia. So the idea is to really brush up on your rules before you go out. Because if you don't and you get stung by the DPI or the waterways who might be in your neck of the woods, they will throw the book at you. They will send an example, right? Trust me. So the main thing is, not that I've been done, but I just know that's what they do. Because that's their job, right? How many times have you been let off by a policeman? I've been let off a couple of times, but I get booked. And that's what these guys are going to do. They'll throw the book at you. So uh, make sure you brush up on the rules and regs before you go any further. So... Let's talk about the distribution. Blue swimmer crabs, are found pretty much northern Queensland all the way down to the southern end of New South Wales. Western Australia from the top end up around the Kimberley Coast all the way down towards Albany and obviously southern Perth. Now, they are in fantastic numbers around the Spencer Gulf uh, in South Australia. Those uh, South Australian gulfs are amazing. There's so many crabs there. In fact, they rake them. They don't need... A crab pot? No, 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 no. They use a rake. So you get the garden rake, the metal one. You don't want the, the plastic one because it won't get through the sand, I don't think. So you've got to use that. And anyway, there's special rakes that, that they have for raking these crabs. I wouldn't use the one out of the garden, no. So you get yourself a special rake. You go out there on the tide and, of course, local knowledge is key and you will get a bucket full of those things. But there are rules and regulations once again. So that's a super important part of this. So when we also talk about your possession and, and how many you're allowed to have and all that sort of stuff, we'll get into that shortly. But I do want to talk about the actual uh, crab apparatus. Now, we used to use dillies or suicide nets in Queensland uh, up to, I don't know, maybe 2000 or something like that. So they're a fantastic way to catch crabs, okay? But anything that went in there from stingrays to fish to whatever died. Okay, that's why they call them suicide nets. So they, they're, they're a great way to catch your crabs because when they go in there to actually get the food, they get caught up. And you used to have a six-ply and a 12-ply. The 12-ply was rather heavy on that nylon uh, mesh, whereas the six-ply was nice and light, so if anything got into that six ply you did all right. But of course, now we can't use those. However, you can use those in certain areas over the border. So you can use them. But you're only allowed four pots per person, okay, uh, in Queensland. And that means four pots per person. If you are if there's ten of you on a boat, you can only have eight pots. All right. If there's two of you on the boat, you have your eight pots. If there's one person on the boat, you're allowed four pots. no people on the boat, you're going to crash. So forget that. Like, just, again, brush up on your rules of regs. It is all different. So you can have, in New South Wales, no more than two traps can be used per person or in possession. Now, what that means, if you're saying you're on a boat and you've got four traps and there's only you on the boat, well, clearly you're breaking the law because, yeah, they're not being used, but they're in possession, okay? And in possession means they're with you. If you say, oh, my mate's just gone to the shop to get a pie and I'm sitting in the boat and there's four pots there, well, if the DPI inspector turns around and he's having a bit of a tough day, old mate, he'll turn around and book you because you have four pots in possession. My view for you would be to take a pot or two pots and put them out on the jetty until your mate returns, okay? Um, Now, the dimensions are quite different. Uh, Obviously, in New South Wales... Uh, they've got to be 1.2 metres length, one metre wide or half a metre deep, okay? But they, they can't have a diameter exceeding uh, 1.6 metres at the top or bottom. And The minimum mesh size is got to be 50 millimetres, okay? So basically, uh, it's not a gill net or anything like that, okay? You can have your mesh around your trap, but that's what's going to catch your crabs, okay? Uh, it's super important. Also, in WA, crab pots must not exceed 13 cubic feet, I don't know how you work that out. But anyway, <laughs> make sure it's no more than 13 cubic feet. Um, all crab gear boys must be half red and half white in color, and both colors must be visible when fishing. All right, so there you go. There's, there's just Again, it's all different. See, in Queensland, we've got to have a, a, a bit of a different thing there when we actually utilize our crab traps, and that is we have to have our uh, uh, floats out there. We've got to have our uh, name and, and uh, your addresses and your phone number. I don't like it. I think that sucks because someone's going to pull your trap up. They've got your number. they got your address. They ring you up. They know you're not around. They'll go and rob your house, right? So anyway, it is what it is. So maybe just keep an eye on your crab traps. Time to set them out is really important because you don't want to leave your crab traps out there, uh, you know, uh, and, and then you you bail and go fishing uh, you know, three four five six miles elsewhere and leave your traps in an area that's particularly if it's highly exposed to a lot of other boating uh, people I've seen it happen and there's so many grubs out there seriously you want to throw a sinker at they're not going and, and knock these blokes out uh, because you know that they will blatantly come up and you've heard of the term maybe that it's my uncle's pots okay and what that means is that someone's uh, going up checking your pots there and someone pulls over and said oh they you're checking my pot and say so, oh, it's my uncles you know that's what they normally do well get your bat out and give them a, give me what for because basically what's happening is they're, they're they're taking your crab out of your out of your pot and that happens a lot uh some people have been known to put a beer back in the crab trap okay so you're you're pulling your pot up you haven't got any crabs in there but you might have an ale it's not a bad return but generally you'll get salt water under the cap so it doesn't taste any good it's ridiculous. So the idea is to keep your traps close to where you are. And the idea also with blue swimmer crabs is that they they tend to – oh, man, they're such a quick crab to catch, right? For us, we'll put our traps out. If we've got, uh, you know, three or four people on board and we've got our eight traps, is you go and set them out in a line. And the time you do the last one, because, you know, you're baiting up, you're putting them out and all that. We use collapsible traps up here in Queensland. Okay, they've got four entrances, funnel entrances, and they're collapsible. And of course, you know, we are setting our traps in around, you know, 10 to 14 feet of water on the edges of channels and, and seabeds, uh, grass seabeds, and we're using fresh mullet as our bait. And the idea, if you've only got two entrances on your crab trap, is to make sure that your entrances are facing the current. Okay, don't go side on because I'll make crabs going, you know, if there's a lot of current around, he's going to whip by and he can't get in. So you want to make sure that your, cra- your funnels are facing the current. With four funnels on your collapsible pots that you're allowed, you can get them at Anaconda, go down to Anaconda, and generally they're about $4.50. 4 for 50 it's super cheap, really cool. So what you need to do there is, because there's four funnels, just chuck it out. But you've got to make sure the, the bait is on the bottom of the pot. You don't want it on top because the old crab will sit on top of the pot, put his nippers through and you know, claws and break away the mullet and the flesh and, and eat it without going into the trap. Whereas if it's on the bottom, he's got to enter. Um, male, female, what can, you, what can you keep, what can you not keep? Uh, obviously, in New South Wales, you can keep uh, female crabs, uh, particularly mud crabs down there. It's ridiculous, but that's what they do. Queensland, no. Okay? Again, check your local rules and regulations. I, I do urge you on that for sure. Um, so when you are potting in that sort of 10, 12, 14 feet of water, is I tend to leave my pots close along the bank. I'll set the last one out, come back, check the first one, and half the time you've got a a crab. If they're running, you've got a crab. They're generally found all year round, okay, uh, and they grow really quickly. So if you've got a spot that is generally uh, a lot of juvenile crabs there, you want to make sure that you know that spot and come back in six months' time or the following year, and I'm sure you'll do quite well, quite well. And they generally... Also, uh, can be caught in deeper waters, intertidal estuaries. Uh, but most of the time, they're in the shallower waters up off Harvey Bay. They get a lot of blue swimmer crabs up there uh, in these big professional boats. And the females are more known as jennies. The males are bucks, as we call them. Okay, and the females are less colourful than the male. It seems to be in normal creatures, isn't it? Really. Anyway, and they're quite distinctive with their colour because they're uh, they're they're blue. They're really iridescent blues, and they've got this nice sort of like a, a weird carpet-coloured sh- <laughs> shell, carapace across the top of them, and their nippers, they really hurt when they bite. So keep your fingers and toes away from them. That's the definite thing you need to do there. Um, but uh, you can leave your pots out overnight. If you're going to leave them out overnight, don't leave them in the main channel. They'll get run over by a boat, become a hazard. So you want to, and if that happens, then your, your, your float gets chopped off and your, your crab pot becomes a ghost pot. That means it just... Keeps attracting because things go in it, they can't get out. They die, they break down, becomes more food for other creatures to go in. No one can check it because it's sitting on the bottom of the, of the channel without any ropes attached because you put it in the channel, the boats run over it. So there becomes a ghost trap and they are deadly. Trust me, they are deadly, those things. So you want to make sure that you put it on the edge of the channels or in those shallow banks where uh, you know, the high tide and the sort of little gutters and all that sort of stuff. But um, if I was putting it out at afternoon evening, I'd put it out right on dark or right on that time so no one can check it. No one knows where it is because it's under the cover of darkness and you then pick it up in the morning the next day right on the crack of dawn. As soon as the sun's up and people are out and about, they'll see it and won't see you around, there's a chance that it'll get checked. So leave it out overnight, put it out right on dusk and then check it right on dawn and bring them home and put it out. You generally, you can catch, you know, 10, 15 crabs in a session. It's pretty good. Again, check your rules and regulations because everywhere is different to where you, are, where you might be going as well. Now, if you are venturing out, your bait that you use, I like using, I love using mullet. I think mullet's an awesome bait all around. Now, tweed bait have awesome mullet. Uh, you get two in a bag, get into your anaconda store and grab it again, okay? Uh, grab yourself some mullet and just chuck them in your freezer and use those as your bait. In your crab traps, okay, you generally have the wire hook. So you just hook it through the eye of the the mullet, and then just get your knife and you want to slice him open to get that oozing, you know, juice out to get the crab really excited, and uh, and and that'll that'll do him quite well. I've got to do a big shout out too to a guy called, um, uh, his name's John, Big Johnny out there. You know who you are, mate, Johnny Bristow. Good good afternoon, evening, morning to you, bud. I uh, hope you're doing well. He's an avid fisherman, loves catching crabs. Good on you, buddy. I think you know what I mean. Um, so if you are using that bait, you'll do well. Also, use your other baits that you have handy, okay? Whether you're going fishing and you've you've come home, you've cleaned a snapper or a flathead or some brim, keep those baits, put them in a bag and use those as well because they are absolutely awesome when it comes to, uh, to using those um, particular baits for your crabbing. I, I don't mind cooking them up in several different ways. For me, with my crab, okay, Um, before we get in the cooking, I don't want to talk about, because I I like to boil them up and, you know, there's a way of humanely doing it and then you can make a really nice, like a, you know, blue summer crab linguine and a bit of white wine and all that sort of stuff. I mean, I'll, I'll get into that soon. But I do want to talk to you about how to measure the sizes of crabs, okay? Now, the blue summer crab, they're generally measured along the body from notch between the two most protruding uh, to the center of the posterior margin of the carapace shell. Now, what that basically means is that the outside of the actual uh, shell or in the carapace, they've got notches, and you'll see them when you when you check them out. Um, generally, eleven point five centimeters in Queensland. Okay, you're allowed twenty. All right, uh, mud crabs are fifteen centimeters across the top of the carapace. Okay, you're allowed seven of those, or fourteen per boat, but it just gives you an idea. That, you know, New South Wales, a blue summer crab is six and a half centimeters. Daily bag limit is ten, or you'll add twenty in possession. You gotta rem- and the mud crab down there is eight and a half centimeters. Big difference, isn't it? So every every state is different. When it, when we are talking possession again, I'll talk to you earlier about with your crab traps. Okay, but with your crabs or fish or anything that has a bag or size limit on it, particularly bag limit is that if you have it in your freezer and you've gone out there and you've caught, say, uh, you've got uh, you know 20 crabs, all right, and you're in Queensland, you've got 20 crabs, you put them in the freezer or in the fridge, and you go out that night, again, you put your pots out, check them the next day, you've got another 20, then you do another 20, and you end up with 60 crabs in possession. That's in possession. How many are you allowed? This is a a, a quick question for you guys. How many are you allowed? I just mentioned it. You're allowed 20. But you got 60 in possession, you will get fined. Now, of course, DPI have a lot more authority than many other agencies. Therefore, if they know you're doing the wrong thing, they will come in. And they'll check you out as well on the water. There's a lot of cameras out there hidden in mangroves. So There's a lot of cameras out there around places that they do keep an eye on areas that are prolific with good crabbing or good fishing areas. So they'll know what's going on, okay? So do the right thing by the law and you'll be fine. But don't break the limit or you will get fined. Okay, Um, so it's the same again in New South Wales, 20 in possession. You're allowed 10 for your daily bag limit. All right, so 10 today, 10 tomorrow. There's 20. Don't go out and get another 10 unless you've eaten 10. Don't break the rules. All right, now cooking. Oh, man, I'll tell you what. Cooking your blue suma is such a good way to do it, but you don't want to do it just straight in fresh water. Okay, because the thing is you're going to eliminate a lot of the taste out. Yep, it goes straight in to the actual uh, meat of the crab, all right? But I will generally like to add a lot of salt. If you're using tap water, put salt in it or get salt water and that'll be enough, all right? And then boil it away. Once it starts to boil, you place the crabs into the pot. Don't put them in live, people, all right? That's cruel. How would you like it? Don't do it. All right. So what you do is you put your crabs in the fridge. <laughs> Such a simple way. Or B is take an esky out with you, and then what you'll do is you put some ice in there, you make a simple ice slurry with your salt water, and you put your crabs, once you've caught them, you've measured them, whether it's a female or a male, in different rules and regulations of different states, you keep the crab, and then you put it in the ice. It will go to sleep really quickly. And then when you get home, you simply boil up the water, the salted water, and place them in. So, when you do place your crabs in there, it's quite important that you need to work out the the proper time. Otherwise, the meat will spoil. You don't want it undercooked, you definitely don't want it overcooked. So, once the water is starting to boil, place the crabs in the pot, and you want to cook them for around 5 to 8 minutes. Now, depending on the size of your sand or your, your sand crab, Your blue swimmer crab, okay? So if they're a bigger one, you'll go up towards the eight-minute mark. If they're smaller crabs, you go around the five-minute mark. Now, once they start to float, okay, and they're really, really, really bright orange color, it's a great indicator to say that they are cooked, all right? How cool is that? So you can also do several other different ways. You can do black pepper blue swimmer crabs, chili blue swimmer crabs. That's a really good one for muddies, Blue Summer Crab with Salsa Parza. How good's that? So, you can also just do your standard Blue Summer Crab sandwich. And how I love to do that is I cook them up, I bring them out of the boil once they've done, you know, eight, five to eight minutes, and then I cool them down straight into an nice slurry. Okay, that can be fresh water. Doesn't have to be salt water once they're cooked. All right, put them into the water and let them instantly cool down. Take the shell off. So, what you do there with the carapace, underneath you'll see the flange, whether it's uh, like a spigot for the male or the flange of a female, depending on what state you're in, is that you pull that back. And then, once you've taken that off the bottom of the shell, that'll attach itself to the top carapace of the crab. And then you just get your thumb under that and rip it off. You'll get all the juices inside the crab, you'll get the lungs and all that. You just need to clean that out. And then get a knife or your hand and break the actual body in half. So now you've got all the legs and a nipper on one side with the body. And on the other side, you've got the other half of the body with the nippers and legs too. And then you just simply clean out the meat, put it into a bowl. Now, what I love to do here in the bowl is I'll add some vinegar, some salt and pepper. Not a lot, bit of salt and pepper. And the vinegar. And if you wanted to add a little bit of juice, you can, of lemon. I would not. Or be a little bit of mayonnaise. Not a lot. Egg mayo's best. Now some fresh bakery bread, get some beautiful butter, not margie, coat that up, mix up your fantastic summer meat, put it on the sandwich and hoe into it with a beer. Okay, you look if you're a little bit more refined than me, you can have a glass of wine or a craft beer. Okay, if you like Johnny Bristow, you probably have maybe a Scotch or a Tito's. So the idea is to understand, have that done, and you can't go wrong, all right? A good mate of mine by the name of PJ Johnson, Pete Johnson, he was a pro uh, in catching many different species of fish and also catching swimmer crabs for the Sydney market. Now, him and I talk regularly about catching different varieties of fish and crabs, and this is just one way that he does it. And of course, that is just cooking the crab up by itself and removing the meat. But there are many different ways. You can have, again, your chili crabs or anything like that. But taking the meat out of the shell, once it's cooled down, is a pretty good way to do it. And it stores for a few days if you wanted to do that. Alternatively, for me, I prefer to eat it straight away. You can also do up a really nice, like keep your crab meat chunks nice and solid. Don't break them down too much. But get some linguine pasta. Cook that up on the side. Uh, In a pan, you want to have a nice little bit of um, some melted butter. Put some uh, capers in there if you like. A little bit of lemon juice, not too much. A little bit of cream, cooking cream. And then you just add your linguine in that. A little bit of chili flakes if you want a bit of heat. Just stir that around with some salt and pepper and get that butter infused into that nice, you know, cooked pasta, the linguine. And then you'll get those nice chunky bits of sand crab or blue simmer crab and put those into the pasta and just, just don't toss it, but just fold it. Otherwise, you'll break up the meat. And then put that with a little bit of basil on top there into a, uh, into a serving bowl and Bon Appetit. Well, that's got me going now. So speaking of going, I am out of here. I hope that helped you. Uh, and doing whatever you're doing, listening to our podcast, thank you so much for your time. Greatly appreciate it. You can catch up on previous uh, episodes of our podcast on the uh, on your favorite uh, podcast app. Alternatively, uh, you can check out Step Outside with Paul Burt on 7 Mate. That's right. We're on every weekend. We're just about to complete our 70th show straight Yep, we're doing 78 shows straight. Uh, we're up to number 70, I think. So, And then we're going to take a, about a month or two off and then back for season five, where we'll be uh, going back to 39 episodes per year. 78 was tough, but I love bringing all the information to you guys at home and hopefully you're learning and uh, and do, getting out there and doing what we love to do and hopefully you guys can enjoy it as well and Fall in love with that great passion of ours, and that is fishing, enjoying the fantastic outdoors. That's why we love to step outside. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great time. And as I love to say, in this case, may your crab pots fill up and your rod bend often. Take it easy, everyone.